0: Is the Democratic narrative surrounding January 6th crumbling? The sharing of biased and And false false news news has has become become all too common common
1: on on social media. media.
2: And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news.
1: It's fake, phony, fake. I was shocked this morning i got up and did something i don't normally do and it's i read the washington post and as i was looking at the analysis in the washington post they literally claimed that their own narratives have been a failure. Of course, there is a
0: reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It's interesting for the narrative because the narrative is these are safe, effective treatments, long-term good care, and if that were the case, then nobody would be afraid of an extended period of time
2: for malpractice. If you go back, really not, not that long ago, as I say, we kind of, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers, and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying.
1: I'm Jeffrey K. Lyons, and it's Tuesday, February the 27th, 2024, and this is Narrative Wars. Donald Trump clobbered Nikki Haley in the South Carolina Republican primary recently, but the lamestream media is spinning the narrative once again. In wake of the judgment against the Trump Organization for $355 million by Judge Engeron in New York, a prominent billionaire announces that he will no longer be investing in the state of New York. And finally, the Tucker Carlson interview of Mr. Putin has finally broken the stranglehold which mainstream media has held against journalism for literally centuries. All of this and much more on today's episode of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. are sick and tired. Hey. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We, the people, are sick and tired. So tired. Ladies and gentlemen, last week we featured the out of control Georgia D.A. Fannie Willis and her desperate attempt to cover up multiple crimes that she has committed in Fulton County, Georgia. And this week we turn to the fallout and reaction in New York City and the ripple effects around the country following the tyrannical ruling a judge anger against the Trump Organization for 355 million judgment. This is a case which had no victims and no complaints from the plaintiffs. This and much more on today's episode of Narrative Wars. Well, jumping right into our first piece here Donald Trump won South Carolina's Republican primary, beating his last major rival, and that was Nikki Haley in her home. State of South Carolina. Now, AP's Meg Kennard covers this story, and oddly, when you listen to it, the listener is left with the impression that Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, is gaining momentum and will soon beat Trump. But that is just not the case. That is a lie. The lamestream media hate Trump, and they want to do everything they can to stop him from becoming a second-term president. And therefore... They are spinning the narrative. Let's listen to this. This is cut number one. And this is from the Associated Press, dated February 24th, 2024. I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never been like this.
0: Donald Trump has won his fourth straight contest of the Republican nominating battle for 2024. But his last major remaining Republican rival, Nikki Haley, says she's not ready to drop out after losing her home state of South Carolina.
1: We'll keep fighting for America and we won't rest until America wins. Well, here we go. It's Nikki Haley. The neocon Trump hater, former ambassador to the United Nations, who was appointed by President Trump, and of course, she has no loyalty to Trump at all. Now, what happened this last weekend on Saturday? Well, Trump won the South Carolina Republican primary, Trump with 59.8 percent of the vote, Nikki Haley with 39.5% of the vote. So the psychological operation that's taking place is that Haley has a chance to win the nomination. But you just heard, Trump has won four Republican primaries in a row. And there's no polling. There's no indication that Trump will not continue to win all of the future Republican primary events. Trump says that the Republican Party is unified in this piece that we just heard, and there's claps and cheering for Haley, which are oddly louder and longer for Haley than Trump in the piece. Okay, these are very subtle things that are in the piece, but they're all designed to push a counter-narrative that Haley is gaining. How is Haley gaining when she's been trounced four times in a row? It makes no sense, folks. If you listen to the rest of the soundbite and the links are in the show notes, it all focuses on guess who? Nikki Haley. It's free publicity and exposure for Nikki Haley. Because that's what the lame string media want you to be thinking about. They want to put out her name over and over again. They want to run background tracks with clapping and cheering, which is longer and louder for Haley. And yet, the odd thing is the Trump rally in South Carolina had about 4,000 people in attendance versus Nikki Haley's rally, which had, oops, only about 400. So Trump had four times, no, five, no, six, no, no, seven, eight, no, no. He had 10 times more supporters in South Carolina than Nikki Haley. But did the lamestream media report that in the piece No, they didn't. They just pumped the soundtrack. More claps, louder claps for Nikki Haley, which means nothing. Second, it's known that Haley is being propped up by Democrat donors and never Trumpers. Haley has a narrow reach because she has no campaign message. She's fighting for Democrats because, look, If you're a Democrat and you know that Joe Biden is going to lose and it's become quite apparent that Joe Biden is going to lose, he doesn't even know what day of the week it is. He can't even find his way off the stage after he finishes a speech. No, wait a moment. He doesn't really make any speeches. He reads from cue cards. And they keep him in front of the microphone for a very short amount of time. And then he goes off on vacation and sits on the beach where he can't do any damage. So they know Joe Biden is a losing candidate. And the latest is that Joe Biden is even losing the support of young voters. It just keeps getting worse and worse. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to put your money? Well, if you're a Democrat and Biden is certainly going to lose. You're going to put your money behind someone like Haley, who is a moderate, I don't know, certainly a neocon, certainly is going to check quite a few boxes and agree with quite a few Democrat talking points. So they'll take Haley over Trump. It's called controlled opposition. The reason Democrats are for her is because there's not much of a difference between her and a Democrat candidate. Now we fast forward. National Public Radio, February 25th, 2024. And this is a huge update. Conservative mega donors, quote, not funding Haley anymore. Oh, gee. That's really too bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're not funding her anymore. Sorry about that. Actually, not sorry. Not sorry at all. Okay, here's a quote from Americans for Prosperity, the PAC that is funded by Coke Billionaire. We don't believe in any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path, meaning Haley's path to victory. So we're going to continue to endorse her but we're going to focus on our resources where we can make a difference. In other words, they're saying, well, yeah, it doesn't look like the money we've been donating to Haley is making much of an impact. We're going to shift to the Senate and the House, but we wish her well, but we're going to cut. We're going to cut and run. So that's what's going on. National Public Radio, February 25th, 2024. Links in the show notes. So there we have it, folks. Even neocons and those who are supporting a so-called Republican PAC, Americans for Prosperity, they're even bailing. You know, you can only consistently lose so much, but given enough time they're going to cut and run. And that's exactly what's taking place here. Moving to our next piece, Shark Tank investor Kevin O'Leary ripped into what he called loser New York and he vowed to no longer invest in the state when asked about a New York court's 355 million verdict against former President Trump last week. Let's take a listen to this piece from The Hill. This is February 19, 2024. It's a minute, one second. Let's listen to this cut number two.
2: Now, uh, one of the reasons that the United States of America is the magnet for so much sovereign wealth from all around the world is our law, is our justice system, and the perceived fairness of it in every state. And so if you're gonna put billions of dollars to work somewhere in the world, the most coveted place to do it is in the United States of America. That is the brand of America, that's what it is. You don't really wanna mess with that. You really wanna make sure, no matter who you are, and this is not about Trump, this is not about politics, it's about what is America and capital and capitalism. And what does it mean when all of a sudden This starts to happen in any state. Forget about New York. Seizing assets happens in many countries where you wouldn't want to put your money. It doesn't make you feel very good as an investor to watch this happen.
1: So this is Kevin O'Leary, and he has become rather famous in the general public's eye because of the TV show Shark Tank, where there's a number of, different billionaires there. Mark Cuban is another and there are others and they are on that TV show. People come, they pitch their businesses and then the different billionaires, they buy in to those businesses, a certain percentage and then they build up that business. They might take it public, but they build that business up in a big way and they make money. So it's it's a fun show if you haven't seen it, but that's not his main business. Kevin O'Leary's main business is data centers, and he invests billions in data centers. And we didn't play the entire quote here. What we heard was from The Hill, that was February 19th, 2024, links in the show notes. And O'Leary says he'll drop two, three billion when he builds out a data center. And of course, it's a long-term bet. He's going to be there 10, 15, 20 years, and eventually he'll sell out, he'll cash out. But he's got to have the confidence of the government in order to operate over a long period of time before he cashes out. Now, a number of things that were mentioned here that are quite fascinating, and they give you a glimpse into people who just happen to have Billions of dollars available in order to invest, not the typical person or the typical conversation that you have on a weekly basis with another human being. At least that hasn't been the case for me or anybody that I know. I just don't happen to know a lot of billionaires. So billionaire Kevin O'Leary kind of gives us this glimpse into thinking behind other billionaires when they invest in America. And he says that there is a perceived idea in America regarding law, justice, and fairness. I'm going to repeat that. Law, justice, and fairness. And it has to do with doing business in all 50 states of the United States of America. And he doubles down in this interview and he says that is the brand of America. He concludes, you don't want to mess with that. So again, what is the brand? Now, I have a degree in business, but I didn't learn that. Yeah, you know, I learned about finances, learned about formulas. I learned about management. I did internships, but I didn't learn much about investing. I didn't learn much about in true entrepreneur's mindset. And I never wrote a paper about or even asked the, was asked the question, why do people invest billions of dollars into the United States of America? Maybe it was just understood or maybe it was just a given, but it's not. But he says it so succinctly, so clearly, law, justice, and fairness in all 50 states. That's why people invest in America. On July 4th, 2024, the United States of America will be celebrating its 248th anniversary. No other country on the face of the earth has risen to such economic and geopolitical influence in such a short amount of time as the United States of America. It's remarkable, and it has a lot to do with this whole concept of law, justice, and and fairness. Let me just give you one example. If you've traveled to other countries, if you've gone out of the United States of America and traveled, possibly to Asia, certain countries, I'm not going to mention those certain countries, but I've gone to some of these open marketplaces, certain Asian countries, and look, there it is. It's a Rolex watch, only 20 bucks, Well, it's not a Rolex watch. You know it and I know it. Louis Vuitton handbag. Only 20 bucks. Well, it's not really a Louis Vuitton handbag. But see, that's illegal in the United States of America because it'd be a copyright infringement. It would be a trademark infringement. So there's intellectual property involved. There's trade property there's a trade name. We have laws, we have justice, and we have fairness. But in other countries, they don't have those laws. And so knockoff products that say Nike or Rolex, whatever, Louis Vuitton, yeah, those products can be copied and sold anywhere. And there are no laws to protect those companies. So that's just one example. And billionaires prefer not to invest in those countries. So they don't want someone to take advantage of that branding and sell fake products and use that branding. So that's just another example. So there's been a paradigm shift. What does the decision against Trump mean to the brand of doing business in America. In other words, this court case where Trump was fined $355 million against the Trump organization that happened just recently, a week ago. What does this mean regarding doing business in America? And Kevin O'Leary means, says, well, <laughs> it means that I'm just crossing New York off the list. I will never invest billions of dollars into New York because I can't trust this state. Law, justice, and fairness do not exist in the state of New York. This is what Kevin O'Leary is saying. And the idea of seizing assets, which is what Letitia James in New York, the DA in New York, wants to do, and what is being threatened against the Trump organization, here's what Kevin O'Leary says, quote, seizing assets is something that happens in many countries where you wouldn't want to put your money. So he's being very diplomatic. But what he's saying is that happens in banana republics, places where the economy is absolutely struggling, places where billionaires and large corporations are not going to locate. Certainly, it's not going to be their first choice. This is a very troubling decision from the court system in New York. And again, these are all reasons why Kevin O'Leary is saying no. And you can take it to the bank. There are other billionaires that are also leaving New York. Here's an update. Remington Arms, the nation's oldest gunmaker, which has been in business for 200 years manufacturing guns, they've been in New York, the state of New York, all this time. They're leaving. The company is moving to Georgia. And that's Associated Press News. Here's another article, New York Post, August 21, 2023. So we're going to run it back a little bit in time, but this is a trend. New York loses $1 trillion, not billion, trillion with a T, $1 trillion in Wall Street business as firms flee the city of New York. From the article, nearly 160 Wall Street firms have moved their headquarters out of New York since the end of 2019, taking nearly $1 trillion with them in assets, which are under management with these companies. In addition, 158 fed up financial firms representing a whopping $993 billion in assets. They have packed up and left the Big Apple. Looks like the Big Apple has a big worm in it. According to these companies. Here's another example, ICANN Capital Management, that's ICAHN, headed by billionaire corporate raider Carl ICANN. And I'm not propping up corporate rating. That's not the point. The point is, here's another billionaire who's leaving New York. And where's he going? Is he going to Georgia? Nope. He's going to Florida. So this is a trend. It's been going on for a number of years and it continues. And the most recent investor, Kevin O'Leary, has announced February 19th, 2024, he's also leaving the big Apple, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, if you found value in this program, please share it with one or two like-minded friends. And we do rely on listeners like you. To keep this program in production, you can join us on social media, both on Getter, that's G-E-T-T-R, and True Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. And I do look forward to reading your comments and hearing your thoughts. Coming up next, alternative media and independent voices are gaining momentum. All right, we're going to jump right into our final story here on today's edition of Narrative Wars. The author of the book, Tucker, And it came out in August 2023. He's featured in the next interview that we're going to listen to. His name is Chadwick Moore. And he wrote this book about Tucker Carlson, which was based on hundreds of hours of interviews with Carlson, his family, colleagues, acquaintances, and even enemies. So here's Chadwick Moore, and he's speaking with Jack Posobiec. You're going to hear Jack Posobiec first, uh, Jack is conducting the interview, and they're discussing a paradigm shift surrounding the rise of independent media. This is from Real America's Voice, and this was back in October of 2023, but we're going to point out how relevant this story is to what's happening in place right now in 2024. Let's listen to this. Paradigm shift, the rise of independent media. This is cut number three. It's almost like the division anymore isn't necessarily left or right. It's actually people who believe corporate media and people who don't.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's, I mean, there's so many things that, uh, you know, the whole paradigm has shifted and, Tucker Carlson came to his, his biggest prominence yet under this paradigm shift where the left and right don't mean the same thing. But yeah, that I think is one of the hugest uh, divisions is do you believe corporations or do you not? Uh, and cor- and that was a part of Tucker's big appeal was he was anti-corporatist in the most of settings, which always was shocking to everyone, especially that the corporation allowed him to say the things that he did. Uh, but that is really a huge divide. And, and the fact that it's it's mainly associated with the right now, I mean, and it's the right that has rejected their corporate media and the official stances and, and more for independent thinking, free speech and independent um, um, outlets. And uh, it's, it's amazing to see. I hope that it continues. I hope that, you know, that that this moment feels right, that, that this is a moment where um, mainstream media just becomes completely irrelevant and, and, and secondary
1: to what's happening on independent media. So once again, you were listening to Chadwick Moore. He's the author of the book Tucker, which is a biography regarding Tucker Carlson, and he was speaking with Jack Posobiec on the Real America's Voice Network. Now, what he was pointing out is that there is a paradigm shift. It's taking place in the media that is favoring alternative media, alternative voices. Now, the term paradigm shift, I'm just going to give a little bit background here. Most people are familiar with it, but I I don't know if most people are familiar with the name Thomas Kuhn, K-U-H-N. Thomas Kuhn was a scientist, and he came out with a book, Last Century, and the book had to do with scientific revolutions. Basically, if you think back, there was a time in science many centuries ago, the medieval times, when everybody thought that the earth was at the center of our universe and the sun rotated around the earth. Then there was a major shift with Galileo and other astronomers who discovered that, wait a moment, the sun's in the middle of the solar system and the earth goes around the sun. Okay, that's a major shift. And there have been many major shifts. There was a time when medical science didn't even understand diseases to the effect that they do today. They didn't understand pathogens. They didn't understand viruses. And so they didn't even wash their hands when they worked with patients, when they examined patients. There was a time when doctors... Didn't even know how to operate on patients. So we've come a long way. Now we understand about viruses. We understand about the human body. Doctors are able to operate. And we understand that the earth is not at the center of our solar system, but the sun is and the earth rotates around it. All of those things, those major changes in thinking, Thomas Kuhn said that those were paradigm shifts. Now, we take that term from science and we can move it over to many other fields. In this case, we can move it over to the mass media, which is kind of my thing because I was very fortunate enough to teach and research regarding the mass media for 10 years at the university level. So here's an update article. Ron Paul. This is February 12, 2024. The Orange County Register. I told you I'd bring the receipts and we're going to bring this up to date. Ron Paul writes, there's been much written and said about Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin last week. And you know, if you look it up on the internet, you're going to see, you know, Tucker bad, Tucker bad, and it'll point out all these different reasons why this is just a terrible thing. And the Europeans, the European uh, governments, various governments, including the UK, they want to censure Tucker Carlson. Basically, they don't want you to listen to him because Tucker is getting out a narrative that they don't want you to listen to. So look at this. Ron Paul continues in this piece, which was in the Orange County Register. The piece was called Tucker Carlson Slayed the Mainstream Media Dragon. It's a great piece. This is really worth taking your time to read. It'll only take about five minutes. Links are in the show notes. 200 million times this piece was downloaded, accessed, Making it the most viewed news event in history. And of course, all your lamestream media alphabet networks, your failing cable networks, they all wish they had that kind of coverage, that kind of viewership from their news pieces. In a way, they're just crying over what we would call spilled milk. So, Millions of viewers who may not have had access to the other side of the story were informed that the Russian-Ukraine military conflict, it didn't begin in 2022. Wow. In fact, it began eight years earlier with a U.S.-backed coup in Ukraine. Wow. Bombshell revelation there. So Ron Paul goes on to write, To me, however, perhaps the most interesting aspect of the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin was the U.S. mainstream media reaction. And this is what Chadwick Moore is saying. There's a paradigm shift. You know, it used to be that the story was the story, but now the messenger has become the story. Why is that? It's because they can't control Tucker Carlson Carlson could be controlled at Fox News, but Carlson was starting to step outside of the lines when he released videos from January 6th when he showed that Jacob Chansley was actually convicted of a crime that he didn't commit and it was just a bit too much for Fox News. They were all embarrassed because the narrative was exposed as false. The article goes on to say the U.S. media was filled with stories about how horrible it was that Tucker Carlson was interviewing the Russian president. Listen, when an independent journalist is chided in the media and you see story after story after story saying this is horrible this is horrible this shouldn't happen he needs to be chastised well that's when you ought to take a look because they're hiding something they don't want you to listen to something so with all that logic ron paul continues why have has journalism so ron paul continues and i think he makes a really good point here his final point Putin might say something to put his country in a better light. They were saying, so you shouldn't interview him at all. But that doesn't make any sense, says Ron Paul. Why have journalism at all? Everybody interviewed by journalists, certainly every world leader, is going to attempt to paint a rosy picture. That's true. Anytime someone, especially a politician in our country or foreign countries, Anytime they're interviewed, they're going to try to put their best foot forward. So something's been lost. Mainstream media is telling you not just what to think about, but they're trying to tell you how to think. What the U.S. mainstream media was really worried about was the other side of the story. And that it might ring true with the public. So they attacked the messenger. They attacked Tucker Carlson. And now a few closing comments. America's transforming before our very eyes. The paradigm shift is ubiquitous. Donald Trump has taken over the Republican Party and, oh, Here's some late-breaking news just landed on my desk. February 26, 2024, NBC News. Most of you have heard this already, but if you haven't, this is great news. Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel, the niece of, yep, that's right, Senator Mitt Romney. Late-breaking news. NBC News, February 26, 2024, Washington. Ronna McDaniel said Monday that she will step down next month as chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. Ronna. Romney McDaniel. Mitt Romney's niece is stepping down, stepping down as the leader of of the Republican National Committee. McDaniel's decision followed Saturday's South Carolina primary, and it came less than two weeks after Trump endorsed North Carolina GOP Chairman Michael Watley to be the next chairman of the RNC. Now, what's going on here? Well, Trump has won four Republican primaries in a row. The only person who's left is Nikki Haley, and she's getting walloped. She just lost by 20 points in her home state of South Carolina. We already covered that earlier in this edition of Narrative Wars. So Trump is going to win the Republican primary. Ronna can't stand Trump. She's the niece of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, who we've covered in past episodes of Narrative Wars, is not gonna run for U.S. Senate. So he's gonna term out this year. Someone's gonna replace him. Why? Because he cannot get reelected. So Mitt Romney hates Trump. Ronna, who is the chairman of the RNC, currently the niece of Mitt Romney, she hates Trump. So she's finally decided she's going to step off the platform. Why? because she can't stand congratulating Trump when he wins the Republican National Convention with all of the delegates. She can't stand that idea. But that's the job of the RNC chair, to support the candidate for president that the delegates choose, not the candidate that the RNC chair chooses, but the delegates. So she's going to step off. Listen, here's more good news. Americans continue to flee blue states, including New York and California, and the red states continue to grow in economic power as businesses flee to states like Texas and Florida and other red states. In addition, the electoral map continues to change with shrinking populations in blue states and growing populations in the red states. So what happens is the members of Congress are shifting to have more members in red states than blue because the members are determined by the national census, which is taken every 10 years. So, is it any mystery why blue states want to register illegal aliens in their states? Not really much of a mystery there. And on the air entertainment side, the paradigm shift continues. And this is what we saw in the last interview. Cable is losing money to streaming. The audience is moving over to streaming. But streaming services such as Disney, Disney+, Plus, Paramount, they're struggling to make money. The exception is Netflix. Netflix is making money hand in fist. So the audience is moving over to streaming. Look, why pay 70 bucks a month for cable when you can pay less than 10 bucks a month for a streaming service? I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? And on the news content side, the alphabet networks, your ABC, CBS, NBC, they're losing audience. And so are the cable news outlets. CNN is bleeding money. Its audience is shrinking. And it had a massive round of layoffs in 2022. So where is the audience going? They're going to alternative news, alternative entertainment. They are fleeing the legacy media. Newsmax, founded in 1998. Glenn Beck, he started Blaze Network in 2010. And Real America's Voice, sort of the newcomer on this scene, started in 2018. And over in the podcasting universe, Joe Rogan, 2010. Dan Bongino, Dinesh D'Souza, all of these podcasters with more than a million followers each. Joe Rogan is at the top. But now we've got the Tucker Carlson Network, 2024. And Carlson, as we know, let go from Fox News in 2023. He just reinvented himself. And he's been using Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, As his distribution platform, which he simply calls Tucker on X. And as we read, the Tucker Carlson interview of Mr. Putin had over 200 million downloads, 200 million households. So multiple eyeballs saw that, two people, three people perhaps, 2.5 people per household statistically saw that. So 200 million times two, 200 million times 2.5. We're talking about a lot of people. Possibly a quarter of a billion people saw that interview. Massive record setting. That is a major paradigm shift. In journalism. We're in the Wild West now of both entertainment and news content programming. This is a paradigm shift. This is bigger than the shift from broadcast television to cable, which happened decades ago. This is similar to the early breakout of the Internet. Some of you remember a time when there was no iPhone or there was no Internet. Prior to 1993, there was no internet, not practically speaking. Content creators are now expanding everywhere, all over the internet, and in all sorts of different devices and platforms. And that's the new Wild Wild West. Tucker is taking advantage of that. And podcasting is the next Wild West frontier on the internet. It's still new, but Joe Rogan is breaking records and Tucker is certainly breaking records regarding his platform, Tucker on X. Well, we here at Narrative Wars want to thank you for being a part of the ride. By supporting this program, please pass the word to your friends so they can join in on the great adventure. So cheer up. America shall remain the land of the free and the home of the brave, a place where we can still proclaim liberty throughout the land. And that's a comforting thought. Until next time, for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.